Welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the seventh Sunday after Epiphany for the week of February 24th, 2019, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I am excited that we have such an interesting week to deal with because there is a lot to dig into for this week. But before we get into that, I have to do my shameless plug of one. If you have not checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions, I'd highly recommend it. With having Caroline Lewis, Matt Skinner, and Ralph Jacobson, who are all seminary professors at Luther Seminary in St. Paul, it gives you a great opportunity to be able to listen to some great theologians discuss these readings. And that's that's why, for me, not being an ordained minister, I use them to help give me some direction. Two, again, if you have not checked out God Friended Me, I'd highly recommend it. Last week, they had a baseball episode that I thought was absolutely fantastic. And again, being able to discuss working with faith, working with relationships, working with all these things in the 21st century, and how do we do that, and how do we do it respectfully, and I'd highly recommend checking that out. So, before we get into this week's, there is a lot of discussion that ended up kind of happening around last week's podcast. And I'd highly recommend checking it out if you haven't before. I really am flattered with people having that response. It really makes my job a little easier and I like having kind of this dialogue back and forth. So the question last week was, are you being flexible enough for God to work? And I had one response talking about how they really enjoyed having the tree metaphor, especially the oak tree metaphor, and looking at that, comparing that to elders and youth in the church and how we are needing that, and also really enjoyed the water metaphor. But I did get a response this week that I enjoyed almost more than what I had originally put out, and I think there's some really good metaphor for what's going on. And they talked about using yoga as the metaphor, that we have to be comfortable with stretching a little bit day by day, but if we stretch too far, we have the ability and the possibility of risking injury. And I think that's exactly it with all this, that if there is a change and that if there is something going on, not being afraid of the change, but also not doing it too quickly that you lose the identity of what you have built over all these years. So I think it's a very powerful metaphor to use with looking at the church and becoming flexible. And again, if you want to respond to the Twitter question of the week, feel free to shoot me an email, shoot me a message, or feel free to tweet me back. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. So let's get into this week's podcast and this week's reading, starting with the gospel reading of Luke in chapter 6, verses 27 to 38. And this is a very interesting, deep message, and there's a lot of little things to it. But it starts with Jesus addressing a crowd of people, and I think it's really interesting that he says, But I say to you, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. 
And it's that first part that he's reminding people to listen like there's an, a group of people that aren't going to hear this message. That they're already preoccupied that are around him. And that's a very interesting thing for me to at least contemplate and to think about. That there might be people who are missing the message of what he is doing. That to me is really interesting and really fascinating. But yes, it gets into loving your enemies who hate you and praying for the people who hurt you, turning on cheek, and offering the other, which is a very hard gospel, and I heard plenty of pastors this week talking about how that's a hard gospel, especially for people in abusive relationships. The golden rule that we've been taught through our youth, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, coming from verse 31, and it even gets into money and credit, not charging interest. If you lend to those who you hope to receive, what is the credit to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much. But love your enemies, do good, lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High to the ungrateful and to the wicked. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. And this feeling as you walk through this of living in the gray, living in the, instead of black and white, that we're having to constantly work with the gray and how try to decipher which way are we going to go. And it's a really interesting read. I'd highly recommend spending some time really going through it because it feels hard to just grapple with, to be able to really wrap your head around. But we'll continue. The first reading is from Genesis chapter 45, verses 3 through 11 and verse 15. And this one is with Joseph and his brothers coming to ask for food and Joseph embracing them and being able to tell them that by all means that he will help them survive, help them provide and putting aside his prejudice possibly against his brothers that he kissed his brothers and wept on them, and after that, his brothers talked with him, coming from verse 15. But this is where you need to know the story of Joseph, and the story of Joseph is that his father gave him a multicolored robe that was absolutely beautiful. The other brothers were envious of him, made it appear that they had killed him, giving his father the robe with blood on it, which they actually had sold Joseph pretty much into slavery, and through some events, Joseph raises to power, and now the power shift has happened in this reading, and instead of taking out vengeance, he opens them up with open arms. And I think it's a hard reading to really digest, because would we really act that way? Would we really be that welcoming to people who have wronged us that much? And that's what I think makes this a difficult reading to go through and to really contemplate. Because yes, Joseph has these visions and dreams that he's able to interpret. And in this case, talking about how there's going to be more famine, so thus he will make sure they provide for his brothers, have them move closer to him, and the story continues from there. But Really, that's it's so hard when you had somebody do something so devastating to you and just to turn the other cheek and look the other way is really difficult. 
The psalm this week is Psalm 37, 1 through 11, and 39 and 40, and it kind of continues on this path of do not fret for people who are hurting you, who are envious or wrongdoers, because the Lord is with you, the Lord will provide, the Lord will continue to comfort you, and will continue to lead you out of that situation. The second reading this week is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 through 38 and 42 through 50. And this is the final week of the last six weeks being out of 1 Corinthians. And Paul is continuing this onslaught that he has been working on with talking about if the body hadn't been raised, then who are you? Because we know this happened that you are a new person, that you are a new creation, and that's what motivates you and pushes you forward to continue to do the work of Christ in this form and fashion. So, a lot to digest this week, a lot to be able to go through and figure out, and not necessarily the easiest readings to look at. But I think there are a couple things that are really evident when you start going beyond the surface of these readings. And when I'm talking about this, it's mostly the first reading out of Genesis and the gospel text, but it does still tie into what Paul is having to say. First, to me, to be able to love your enemies or love, in this case, Joseph loving his brothers who have done so much wrong to him, there has to be trust from both sides and both parties. Let's take Joseph's example. The brothers trusting that there is somebody who will help them. And we get this impression that Joseph is introducing himself to his brothers. That this is me, the one you sold into slavery. I am now in power. So the trust that the brothers had, one, to go to seek help. Two, when they hear that, to still trust that their brother will help them. But then from Joseph's perspective, that he trusts his brothers that when he tells them this, they're not going to just run away or continue to beat him up or continue to do what they did, that this is going to be of a benefit, trusting that they're not looking to do that again. So there's a lot of trust there. Jesus, when he's talking about loving your enemies, that there's a trust on, in this case, trusting in God that he will bring you through it, but also trusting the enemy that in a way that your action will surprise them. And again, it gets into this difficult case of when do you keep turning the other cheek and when do you walk away? Where is the line for hard love, tough love, compared to the gracious love that we typically give? But In this case, in my opinion, in order for this to be successful, people have to humble themselves and have to let go of their own self-pride to get there. So Joseph, putting aside his powerful position and humbling himself to relate to his brothers and saying, of course, why wouldn't I help you? Here you go. And by the way, here's 
land so that you can be closer to me, a place to live. The brothers easily could have been just prideful and said, even though it's tough right now, we're going to keep trying. We're going to keep doing this, even if it's unfruitful. Jesus talking about the creditors and how letting go of the debts, even going back to Paul and having the ability to first set aside and trust that God is real, but that comes through humbling the self because it wasn't anything that you did, that he did it. And it's then you have been commissioned to let go of your selfish pride to continue this message. So that's the angle that I look at for this. And when I start looking for science examples, I actually found a couple that were really fascinating to me. The first one, and you've maybe seen these on like National Geographic or something along those lines, where you see these crocodiles opening up their mouths on shore, and yet there are birds walking around inside the mouth of these crocodiles. And there has to be trust from both sides. First, the bird, in this case being a type of plover with the crocodile, trusting that the the crocodile isn't going to close its mouth, that it's going to be able to just continue to go in there. The Egyptian plover is trusting, even though it's in a dangerous situation of cleaning those teeth. The Nile crocodile is in a position where it needs that done. It can't do it itself. It can decide not to and hurt its own teeth, or it can trust someone else to come in and do it. The second example that I thought of was with sharks. And there's a couple different species that end up doing this. So with depending on the species of shark and such, you have remora and sharks, and they will actually attach themselves to the shark. They will help with, again, cleaning teeth, but also taking off different parasites and barnacles and different things that the shark may have. So it's more aerodynamic in the water and being able to also keep the health of the shark. So it's providing protection for that fish along with that the fish then is helping it stay healthy, stay clean. There's another example with those with pilot fish. Again, they're getting protection, but focusing more on the parasites and different things around the shark and that they're just swimming next to the shark and staying close to the shark to help be that mutual benefit for the shark. And in both these cases, when you're thinking about how did they even figure out that they can do this, there had to be trust initially that I have a problem and at some point I have to humble myself enough to be able to trust that someone else can help me with it. And I think that's one of the things that's so difficult in our world, in our church, the humbling of one's pride, to put aside an issue, to be able to actually move forward. It's not easy, but it's needed to understand that people aren't just trying to hurt each other, that usually there's a good reason behind what they're doing, but are you going to take enough time to humble yourself to actually hear it? In the world in which we're in right now, sadly, we don't often do that. Yet, it's the thing that all of us are craving, in my opinion, and continue to look for consistently. Are we going to be people 
who just continue to hate the enemy, whatever the enemy may be? Or are we going to take the time to try to understand the opposing viewpoint and be able to engage in a discussion where we can actually talk about the similarities and places where we can agree and then be able to discuss the differences and the ramifications of each side to hopefully find a compromise in the middle. I hope that we're in a position and a place that we are able to look at that and be able to do that. Because I think a lot of places in this world right now need that. Need people who are able to humble themselves enough to trust people no matter what side they're on. That they're trying to do the best that they can to be able to make a compromise. It's hard. I know it's hard. And know what also is difficult this week? The Twitter question of the week. The Twitter question of the week is where are you seeing places within the world slash church slash everyday life that people need to humble themselves and trust? Where are places in the world, church, everyday life that you see that people need to humble themselves and trust? Because from my opinion and being one person, I see that that's a skill that we're losing drastically. And it's so needed right now from all of us that if a crocodile can trust a bird to help clean its teeth and the bird can walk into that mouth, walk around on that tongue and trust that that mouth of that Nile crocodile is not going to close on that Egyptian plover. I think we can look at trusting and trying to work and humbling ourselves with whatever the enemy we see it to be. So, we're going to wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science. <laughs>